How's it going, Katanning? We are back with another episode of the Greatest City in the World podcast. We've been having discussion on Katanning 300, which is our mission to be one of the best small towns in the United States by the year 2027. Yeah. So uh, continuing our conversation with Mike Rizzo today. How are you, sir? Good. We're going to uh, go through another list and then uh, also have some comments that we want to visit from the last couple of, uh, of podcasts. If you haven't listened to those yet, you can check them out on pretty much every major podcasting platform out there. And of course, on this YouTube channel as well, if you want to uh, go back a couple episodes, you can certainly do that and catch up on what we've been doing. So um, recap the first couple lists, I guess. Okay. So the first one was uh, the major first takeaway. One, yeah. So the first one was travel and leisure. Yeah. Um, their um, most upcoming, the 10 most uh, upcoming, ta- charming and upcoming towns in America. Yep. And then um, Smithsonian the list. Smithsonian list, which was 15 towns, yeah. which we did. Uh, last last week. And theirs was like 15 towns to visit, right? 15 towns to visit. That yeah. was the nuance in their list. And this, today, after we go through this, we're going to talk about Budget Travel's 10 coolest towns in America. Okay. So I think this would be one that you would love to get on, Andrew. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I mean, greatest, yeah. I, I mean, it, because it has such cool people <laughs> yeah. like me in it, right? <laughs> and so the people who don't know, right, What there's been like a theme in this, right? So I'm actually doing proper research, spending several hours, and then looking at the towns, looking at them, their own sites, their their uh, chamber of commerces, and all these different things, the events, and what makes them unique, right? And there's, there's a theme, right? It's all local, which people focus on local, not chain stores, uh, and they support local businesses. That's the theme across most of them. Outdoors is a major theme. I think the most surprising thing that we've come across is arts. Yeah. Most of these towns have museums. They're welcoming to artists. Paducah, Kentucky gave homes to 50 or 60 artists. That's how they revitalized their whole whole town. Um, they So it's very art-centric, a lot of these. Um, and then some of these have uh, are also good food towns. And then last week's uh, list had some towns that had little bit niches to them. Right. One of them was ice cream capital of the world. Yeah. Um, the towns are all clean. I think they're attractive to families, um, and they seem to have a lot of things in order. Right. Um, as kind of other common themes. And again, we are going to put together this nice package when we're all done with these lists. So it's seven or eight lists that we're focusing on. Um, and really kind of break down what these towns have, what are the key areas, and do a matrix on kind of what where they check boxes. So, um, you know, gives us a really good roadmap to getting Catanning on one of these lists. Yeah, and to go back to the arts a little bit, we solicited for comments after each one of these, we're trying to ask you guys a question so you can kind of join in the conversation, and then we'll obviously add your ideas and those kinds of things to our to our list, and, um, and hopefully we can come up with a plan that we can all begin to work together once we're done with this. But uh, Lisa had commented, how about finding 20 local artists and have an art trail so people can visit their studios and see demonstrations, etc. cetera. Uh, some towns do this with great success. I've never heard of an art trail before, but uh, sound like an interesting idea. Well, there's all these things called gallery crawls, right? I yeah. know that they have them in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Problem is we don't have the galleries. Right. Um, nor do we have the artist. Right. Right. Um, I think if you had it, and I bet you if you'd go to Paducah, Kentucky, where they have 70 artists now living, and they all have galleries, right? Yeah. So I think that's what's missing is is the artists in the galleries, and you know, can we attract some of these creative uh, people into town? Yeah, it'd be interesting to take like the art show that happens uh, during the folk festival, and mm-hmm. maybe approach some of those artists and see like, hey, would you be willing to uh, put some pieces in a business downtown or those kinds of things to try to just 
start to gain yeah. a little bit of momentum. And um, I was actually in Vandergrift uh, two weeks ago, and I took a picture. I'll try to show the picture if I remember to cut it in on the podcast. But uh, all through their downtown, they're preparing for an art show coming up at the end of July, and they had um, easels mm-hmm. set up all around town. And they just had different paintings on them, like every 30 feet probably, uh, all along downtown Vandergrift. I thought it was just really a really neat idea to just try to start to get some traction. But, yes, it's very cool. Yeah. Uh, Lisa also said, maybe someone could open up a nice coffee shop, hint, hint, Mike Rizzaro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Lisa wants to... to, to um invest yeah invest yeah for sure <laughs> have different but, artists display work on a gallery and promote local history uh so that was interesting too yeah um jurgen had on here uh let's see block off block off market street and allow for traffic to, to cut across the side streets uh, business on market could expand out of the street and put a stage area for concerts and set all that stuff up downtown. I think he's talking about like permanent installation, like uh, yeah, off. and that 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 was discussed a long time ago about yeah. making Market Street a pedestrian street. Yeah, you know, I don't know how much it makes sense right now. We still need some more vibrant businesses in the town. I think we need to change the demographics of the town. Yeah, a little bit. Um, population's got to increase to really to be able to support something like that. Right. Yeah, I don't know if uh, Cumberland, Maryland uh, comes to mind. I know they have a couple pedestrian streets downtown, and it, they've done a great job of kind of making it a historical area and having mm-hmm. consistent signage between a lot of the businesses. But I agree with you. We're, we're 10 steps behind on that, that process. Sure, sure. But, but I could see someday. That is a great, yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's uh, a great big idea. picture idea for sure. And then uh, maybe one more we'll do. Uh, Amanda had mentioned about there's a big uh, building, the old GC Murphy building right across the street from us, you know, multi-level building. And uh, potentially if, if you could get uh, grant monies to redo that building, have an art gallery, have an art studio built in there, and then do an art residency program like Paducah, Kentucky did, um, and maybe have several apartments in the upstairs and kind of make that whole place into a, into a large art gallery. I think that'd be a really neat idea as well. But um, do you think something like that could go here? I mean, could, could there be... You'd have to have the, the property. Now, if you take the Paducah example, right? Yeah. They, the city took over dilapidated houses. Mm-hmm. They sold them to artists for a dollar. Yep. And then they got the local bank to actually give about $60 million in loans. This was over a course of many years. Right. That they, at a rate that no one could, they, they never get. To, re- to redo this, right? Right. So if you had a couple parties in, involved, I think that building is privately owned. Right, right, right now, yeah. But, like, but if, if, if an organization got hold of that building, right, and wanted to do an arts, uh, fix it up, right? Yeah. And assuming they came up with the money to fix it up, they'd rent it out to artists, I think that would, it could go, right? I mean, the, 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 the Paducah example worked because so many artists took them up on the deal. Right. <laughs> but they pulled artists in from Chicago all over. Right. But the, the you know, whatever it may be, you I think you've talked about entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. Give them, take a dilapidated house, give that give that to them or a lot, right? Yeah. And, and, and offer them some type of incentive or tax incentive or something along those lines. That I think would absolutely work. Yep. I think it's just coming up with the, the space and then the whatever group we're kind of focusing on. Yeah, get the, and get the city to have the willpower to, to implement it. I mean, I think, I think you can't just be a private citizen trying to do it. It can't just be a business trying to do it. It has to be kind of local government, yeah. business, and private people all sure. 
well, all coming together. Or, or Rosebud Mining could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Catanian has a, a massive corporation that has a pretty big revenue flow. Right. They could do something like that. Right. Um, you know, in, in Paducah's example, the city took over and then the bank invested all this money into the into the town. Right. The city just g- gave them the properties and they were out. They said, we want artists. They gave the vision. They gave them the properties. Um, you know, if you look at some other towns, how they've sparked, maybe one big spark. So, you know, a company could move in and potentially do something like that. Or, or, or Rosebud could say, hey, we're going to give five, six million dollars to do something like this to kind of revitalize town. Right. So there's, I mean, there, there are ways for this to happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> Privately um, yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, just some interesting comments there. So uh, we'll, we'll try to uh, continue to share your comments as we go through these lists. So uh, at the end of this one, we'll ask another question, mm-hmm. and then we'll uh, make sure to check for your responses as well. So let's get into it. Yeah, great, great idea. So this is the 10 coolest towns in America. I think if Andrew would probably drop the proverbial mic if, if we made it, right? <laughs> Um, this is budget travel. They do this list. Actually, this list is hot off the presses. It wasn't even out the last time we talked. It, right. it, it's, it came out, I think, Friday afternoon. Yeah. Um, so the 2018 list is completely different than the 2019 list. It has 10 towns. I found two things that uh, were consistent across this list. Right? They're outdoorsy, mm-hmm. right? and they have these vibrant downtowns. So they were looking for, I think, very specific, uh, vibrant places that people would want to go hang out or move to. First town list is Providence Town, Massachusetts, has 3,000 residents, yeah. but in the summer it has up to 60,000 residents. It's very the tip of uh, Cape Cod. Yeah. So they have it's really good for seafood, but they have all these arts and uh, it's a, it's like a happening summer beach town. You said 3,000 to how many? 60,000. Six, okay. So that's insane to yeah, think about. Yeah, that's crazy. It. Um, but it's, it's really almost like a vacation spot. So right. I don't know how much we can take about take from it, but they've created some really vibrant um, things. They actually did do something that is unique. They built a pilgrim monument there in the 1900s um, that's two, 200 feet high that people can climb. Oh, wow. And uh, it's, it's still the number one tourist attraction in town. Okay. And they can see out over uh, Cape Cod and the, the bay in Massachusetts. Yeah. I always wondered, like, if we could build, like, one big thing. Someone else was telling me in um, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Right. They have the the uh, the kind of the incline. Yeah. Yeah. It's telling us about that. And it was just like, you know, we ha- there's potential here for something like sure. that. If you, you know, if someone would would want to would want to take it. Right. On. Right. Right. Someone, maybe a private person would do something. Yeah. Um, and that would it stand the test of time. Like, look, when when I've gone to Europe and stuff, we climb all these different towers that were built, or churches and things like that were built hundreds of, you know, yeah. hundreds of you, five, six hundred years ago, right? And they still stand and they're still the the places to see. Yeah. Right? right? Hmm. Um, and even like the town squares and stuff are still, are, are, are still there, right? In Munich, all the beer halls from the 1300s are still there. Right. Um, so, yeah. That would be awesome to have something, a uh, hook or something to bring people in. Yeah. Second town is Pacific Grove, California. Now, it's on the coast. It's very outdoorsy. The thing I took away from this is, you know, it has the ocean, but it also has lots of B&Bs, right? So you have this really quaint, uh, small-town feel. All these places in this list had what I would consider independent uh, lodging. Bed and breakfasts, and they note a lot of this in the list, bed and breakfasts and independent hotels, not chain hotels. Okay. Right now, none of that, that doesn't exist in Catanning right now. Right. Um... And I think if you have a vibrant town, you have people wanting to move, come to your town to visit, 
um, something like that could potentially work. But that's something that, that stood out on this list because it was commented on a lot by the authors of this list. Yeah, I know I know of one around here, and it's a it's a farm B and B. It's not even on the river. Um, uh, Mara, I believe her name is. I don't know if you know her, but um, I always see her on Facebook and Instagram. And it's yeah, she has this nice little apartment on their farmhouse, uh-huh. and people come, and it's like agrotourism almost. Like yeah. they come and stay on the farm on their way through, and she's killing it. I mean, so there's tremendous opportunity for that around here, especially if you owned a house on Water Street or any house along the river. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. Uh, I would have it on Airbnb, yeah. Airbnb tomorrow. Well, the question and the trail. Now, if the trail came, so people, yeah, I, this is why I promote the trail. The trail is 50 miles from Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So, biking, you can basically do 50 miles a day. And if you look at the trail from Pittsburgh to DC or any big trail in between two major cities, every 50 miles is a hub of economic activity. Yeah. Right. So the impact that would have on Catania and Fort City, if the trail would go the whole way to Pittsburgh, would there be a market for B and Bs and even more restaurants? Yep. Okay. So the third town on the list is Park City, Utah, which is a really tough one to to compete against because they had the Olympics. Right. right? I don't think Italians going to have the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Maybe no. <laughs> Maybe one year. <laughs> Summer Olympics, maybe then, in Pittsburgh, and we could steal an event. Yeah, we or could something. steal the, uh, an event, um, <laughs> which would be a good idea. But um, they have 100 independent shops downtown and 50 independent restaurants downtown. Wow. They also have Sundance Music Festival, and they have some pretty good skiing if you like to ski. So tough to tough to compete against, but they have a really, I mean, that is a pristine town. Yeah. And they have a lot of these, uh, and it's an attraction town, obviously. Yep. Uh, Sanderac, New York, 5,500 people. Uh, they have a host in the Anirondacks. I highlight this one because I think it's similar, you know, not too much bigger than Catanning. They have a shopper-friendly downtown. Mm-hmm. That you can go there on the weekends. They have live music, farmer's markets, art walks. And um, they also have a hotel and spa in town. Um, so, and New York is a town is a state that's losing population. Yeah. Um, but this town in New York um, seems to have revitalized its downtown. It has the attraction of the Anirondack Mountains. People using it as a base. It's not far from Lake Placid, um, and it's vibrant. Yeah. I think people have a tendency to think of New York and only think of New York City mm-hmm. and not realize that the entire rest of the state is yeah. almost exactly like <laughs> Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, to think of those those areas, sure. um, very very similar geographically and um, even economically in some in some ways. Uh, that there's a lot of economically depressed areas there that have massive potential. Sar- what was it? Saranac, New York. Yeah. Okay. I think they make a. I think they have a brewery there too. Yeah. Because um, I recognize the name, but I don't. I looked over the list before, but I can't. I don't know why. I don't remember seeing that one. I have to go look at it again. Milledgeville, Georgia, is the fifth town on this list. Andy. Okay, that's a bigger town. It's nineteen thousand people. Yeah, it's not far from Atlanta, but I, again, it's a town that revitalized its downtown. It's full of bed and breakfasts. It has kind of the southern vibe, um, some southern restaurants, and that's kind of why they they suggested it for the list. Mm-hmm. A lot of these towns are not far or reachable from a major city, sort of like Catania is from Pittsburgh. Right. Um, Bastrop, Texas is another town that is just outside of Austin. Uh-huh. It's like 30 minutes, right? And they have a great downtown. They revitalized their downtown for everything. And they have 130 places on the National Historic Registry. This came up in this article, too, wow. that a lot of these towns have took their old places and revitalized them and got them given, uh, put them on the Historic Registry. Um, they have done some pretty cool things in this thing. They've done a lot of arts. And they have a lot of downtown shops. They also have something where they have some type of park where they planted all these trees from all around the world. 
okay. um, that don't typically grow in Texas. And um, people come to take pictures in this park, and it's like, uh, like, a, like a, my understanding, it's like a city block. Wow. Um, this is a town just outside of Austin. Uh, that attracts all these people in, and um, did you do you do you know of anything that caught your eye with this town? I, I thought it was pretty cool because I think they kind of created their own like hangout. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, what was it? I don't remember. Ba- Bastrop, Texas. Yeah, but I don't remember what was. What were you thinking? Or you just thought? Well, no, I didn't know if you had anything to add to it. But yeah. I mean, I, I think that you know they have a great downtown, and I think this is one thing about this list is they have these places have created vibrant. Oh yeah, yeah. Downtown. No, I'm obsessed with the idea of, like, community gardens, and uh, I love the idea of the trees and having kind of like a, I don't know, almost like a nature reserve built within your yeah. town. Well, this is like a lost, I think they call it the Lost Pine Forest or something. Yeah. I, I don't have it on my notes, so I'm sorry. Yeah. But we'll have to look it up. But I, but my when I read about it, it was actually they took trees from all over the world yeah. and planted them in this park. Um, and we have some dilapidated spaces right that are either vacant lots or something that we could do something particularly like this well, yeah, or absolutely. we could fill it with art galleries or, or, or sculptures or things along those lines a combination all, all of the above because you have you know the opportunity to have you know, with well, along with nature come comes opportunity for events or arts or those kinds of yeah. things so if you're going to have an arts festival it's great to have a place like that to kind of showcase everything yeah anyway. yeah no i would agree <clears throat> next town is lanesboro minnesota do you know this town andrew no i'm, ne- I'm from minnesota never been to lanesboro it's a small, never even heard of it it's honestly. the smallest town on the list it has 722 people living in it the yeah. last census right the very first comment on the budget travel article was no chain stores yeah but this town was a town that was really big in the 1800s because of mining yep um and it fell apart, right? But they somehow were able to save a lot of these buildings. They have 30 buildings on the natural, National Historic Registry. Yep. And they are also the fir- one of the first towns to come up with the idea of rails to trails. Yep. So I thought that was interesting. I'm assuming that their trails go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but but they but the rails to trails has led to some bed and breakfasts in town. Yep. Um, and again, really small town that's got in some publicity well in a lot of places in that and that kind of northeastern quadrant of minnesota i mean that was like that was the iron country yeah and so even when pittsburgh was making steel a lot of the iron came from minnesota came across the great lakes ended up in pittsburgh turned into steel and shipped to new york so mm-hmm. you kind of have all those connections in between so all of those rail links all of those waterway links have now turned into tourist destinations yeah. and you look at armstrong county i mean our history is not all that different from that sure sure a big manufacturing town and um all that infrastructure that was built to make katani into what it was is still still a huge asset yeah yeah look and i think this is a town that we could learn something absolutely from, yeah right? Yeah. Next one is Seaward, Alaska. It's probably a town we can't learn too much from because it's in Alaska. And it's a fishing <laughs> destination. Yeah. And it has the some of the scenery of Alaska. Um, you know, I, so I, I, it's one of those. They have really good outdoors, right? And they have some some things that we don't on the bay. Yeah. Um, had the Iditarod. Yeah. Part of the Iditarod <laughs> Trail, I believe, as well. So right. some of these, I think, Katanning relates to well. Some of these, like Park City, Utah, Seaward, Alaska. Um, you know, they're different, they're different style towns, right? And they're, they're probably a lot of things we can't copy, but maybe there's a few things we can. Yeah. I, I, I would assure you that Seaward, Alaska, a nice, clean town, um, pretty easy to do business in, I, I would guarantee it. And I, and I can know if you go to their, 
their chamber site, they have lots of little shops that they're promoting as well. Yeah. Full. Now, the next one is an interesting one. Fulton, Missouri, because it's, it's the second time it was on the last list that we talked about. Right. So Fulton has 60 buildings on the National Historic Registry. We talked about it having this town, this this college, Westminster College, in it, and it's where Winston Churchill did a famous speech. Um, now I'm not a political guy, but I know that many other politicians and U.S. presidents have gone to this college to give speeches. Right. They also have invested heavily in arts. They took a 32-foot section of the actual Berlin Wall and moved it to Fulton, Missouri, because it has the tie. Uh, of uh, them trying to fight against communism, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, and then they put sculptures around it. Um, it's a quintessential American town. It's really one of the only towns on these lists that actually have a college. I thought of a lot of these going into this, I thought we'd see a lot of college towns. We aren't. This one actually has a college. Um, but it's interesting because now it's been on two lists. It's yeah. the only town so far to be on two lists. Yeah, and I, I don't know. Those kinds of like historical events, We, I mean, we had... It was at JFK, right? Isn't mm-hmm. there pictures of JFK on the streets of Katianic? Sure. And so it's like, you know, just to play up on a lot of that history, I wonder how much of that we could... Yeah, I, I mean, I think our history goes back further. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was thinking, like, Texas, you're talking about all these buildings on the historical registry. Every building in Katianic is, like, older than... Well, it'd be older than... Te- I mean, <laughs> anything in they Texas. weren't settled, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, at, this, at that point. So certainly. But I don't know how many... Uh, what buildings are on the historical registry around here? I don't, I don't know. Has anyone ever even pursued that for any of these? Because you look at like the um, the next year bank building. Right. I mean, you just look at the architecture and this the way that the way that some of these buildings downtown were constructed. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a huge a huge opportunity there that we're missing out. Well, Gdania has a lot of churches. Yeah. Right. I, I still want to know why the Presbyterian Church took down their their roof. Yeah. All the old pictures of Gdania have the old this big roof on top. Yeah. But maybe some of those could get get on it. Um. I don't know, but I think we should maybe maybe team up with the museum and, and try to identify that. I know the Citizens Bank, the building the Citizens Bank used to be and used to be three or four stories, mm-hmm. and people were very upset that it was cut down, mm-hmm. and that it was a beautiful building. Uh, but unfortunately, we have lost some of our historic buildings in town. Well, but I'm just thinking, when you think of applying for grant monies and trying to you know get some of these things moving forward, it has to be of extreme value to be on the historical historic registry, I would assume. I don't know, because some of these towns have 60, 70 places, and they're not bigger than Catania. Well, right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know. Something to look into. Look, Lanesboro, Minnesota had 722 people, yet they have 30 buildings on the historical registry. Yeah. And so if any of you know uh, that process, you know, get in touch with us. We're interested to talk to you. <laughs> but, but why it's important is it's a, it's a selling feature, right? If we want to brand Catania as a historic place, right, or at least one of the virtues of Catania, right? Right. That evidence is good to actually help get us stories and attract people, too. It's another thing you can put in the the brochure of Catania. Absolutely. And then the final town is Bath, uh, Maine. Yep. Um, it is the Little Portland, so it's about 40 miles from Portland, mm-hmm. and it's really a hip it's art scene and has some great seafood. Um, I'm sure there's some good places to stay there, too. I thought it was neat because it actually pulls people from Portland. Yeah. It's for more of a, um, less of a city, more of a kind of a local vibe feel. And that one, again, I think was a manufacturing town that, that switched to uh, tourism. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I don't know. I just still believe 100% like that's the, that's the turn that we're trying to make here. That's, that's the direction I think we should try to go. I know a lot of people really are still hoping that some big manufacturing place is going to come here and set up shop and 
hopefully they do. I mean, yeah. that, that'd be great too. But I think we still have to make this torn, turn from tourism because if the manufacturing happens, it's it's not going to happen downtown Catanning because the river isn't the asset anymore. You can't even sure. take goods down to Pittsburgh because the, the locks aren't open. Yeah. yeah. So if you're going to set up shop, it's going to be on 28 somewhere or if the, you know, 2866 would turn four lanes and that becomes a whole different ball game about putting something out that way. But uh, I think we have to make that turn either way, like all these towns seem to have done. Revitalize yeah. downtown, fill it up. And, and one of the things that we know on this list is none of these towns, or none of these towns made the list because they are job hubs. Right. Some of these are close to cities, but they are, uh, but the value, property values in these towns are, are much higher than they are in Catani. Right. Because uh, they've created such a nice place to live that it's obsess- accessible to a lot of these cities. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of this stuff was driven by either private, a spark from the public sector, um, or just a few things to kind of get moving, and they combined it with a niche or combined it with something outdoorsy, and it, it got rolling. Yeah. But, I, I mean, we talked about that last time. It's not, you know, Apple's not moving in here right? Um, and rechanging. The, it, they haven't moved into any of these towns and changed the game. These towns have done it kind of um, from a grassroots standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I think we have to we have to look at that. Uh, I've had this conversation, gosh, four or five times in the last week that, you know, we can sit and wait and wait and wait for like the next big thing to happen, or we can just start making incremental changes now, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll probably have it have things turned around by the time that next big thing would happen anyway. And if it does happen, then great. It's just even it's making the pie bigger. But I just think we have to begin to make this turn right away. Awesome. It's too late. It's already too <laughs> it late. It needed to happen 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. We're we're already behind because uh, we could have been one of these towns by now, probably. Yeah. If someone had taken a vision like that in, you know, 1980 and saw, hey, this whole manufacturing thing isn't working out, that we could have been Paducah, Kentucky, or we could have been Bath, Maine, yeah. or Yeah, Paducah, whatever. Kentucky started in the 80s. Right. And they turned it around in the 90s with their art, art artist. Yeah. So what's what do you think is the big theme from today? What's the? Well, I I think vibrant downtowns. Yeah. I think um, places to stay. I mean that that's the first time it's come up, uh, and I think getting on some more things like natural historic registry. Yeah. But you know, Catania doesn't have any places to stay. Right. Maybe they maybe they maybe they come second, right? Maybe there's got to be a place to go, <laughs> a place yeah. to stay. Um, but you know, I I I think cer- certainly the vibrant downtowns, certainly the places to stay. Um, you know, stood out to me. I was just talking to someone the other day. Uh, they said that um, the someone in the courthouse, I don't remember, one of the elected officials, it was their turn to host all of the person for their position for the for the state. Mm-hmm. So all the counties come together and they have these events for the treasurers or for the commissioners or whatever. And it was their turn to host in Armstrong County and they could not find a, a place big enough or a pl- they couldn't find enough beds basically yeah. to house everybody in Catanning. And so they actually had to host the Armstrong County uh, event in Butler County <laughs> uh, just because to, to find enough hotel space. And I just heard that and I thought, you know, exhibit gonna, A of we're, uh, we're, some of our problems. We're missing right? out on opportunities here. We'll, we'll look at Bedford Springs or uh, hotel right in Bedford, Pennsylvania. Right. right? They revitalized that. Right. And, you know, I, I know many businesses you know, when I was with Direct Energy, we brought people from all over the country. Mm-hmm. We stayed there uh, and did a couple, of, and they had conference rooms and whatnot. Uh, but we don't have that to scale here. Right. You know, um, maybe maybe we need something like that. I wonder if you could, we could be like the first town to put together, you know, 
50 bed and breakfast that all coordinate efforts. And so if you want to host an event here, sure. you have one central uh, community uh, location where they could host an event and then all the bed and breakfast could be, you know, where, where people stay throughout the, throughout the week. I don't know. It'd just be a, interesting to try to come up with a different idea of how could we do that without having to find a $20 million investor for a new yeah, massive I, Yeah, hotel. I mean, you have, like, you go to Omni, right, and say, do you guys want to put a spa north of Pittsburgh on the Allegheny River, right? Yeah. Or um, or you do something where you have a bunch of little bed and breakfasts. And maybe if, if downtown starts to revitalize a little bit, you'll have people opening, you know, many hotels or, or, or whatnot. Right. Okay. So uh, the question that we pose then is uh, how do we make a more vibrant downtown? Or Yeah, I think. Yeah, I would say that's the question for this week, is how do we make a more vibrant downtown? I know that's, you love that question. I do. I'm (laughs) obsessed with that question. They're probably tired of hearing that question, uh, because I know the answer over and over again is obviously fill up the downtown spaces, but I think uh, maybe that places to stay helps answer the question of what do we fill it up with? My part B would be, okay, you know, is there anything, uh, recommendations you have for places to stay? Yeah. Yeah. because that they don't exist in Catani, right? And um, you know maybe that's a tie-in with the trail, and that needing to be connected. I don't know, but I'd love to hear what people say. You know, what could work? Could we do something where people come in and stay? Yeah. When people come and stay. They shop. They eat. Yeah. And uh, that has certainly a domino effect. I think maybe maybe another follow-up question too. <laughs> you give it too many follow-up questions, Andrew. I know. I know. <laughs> We're diluting it now. I I wonder if people out there think that Catanning is a place that is worthy of investment because I think that I think that holds a lot of people back there's a lot of people out with 50 to 50 hundred thousand dollars that would be willing to start a business in other places but they don't believe that the future of Catanning is bright and so they, if they're going to invest they don't want to invest here personally I think if the trail opens up Catanning if if the Pittsburgh to Erie Trail is complete Catanning automatically gains millions of dollars in tourist revenue for those people that are willing to invest today, set up their business today, and th- those businesses will see a huge bump when that happens over the next few years. But I'm just wondering, like, do people think that this place is worth investing in, or is it just going to be me uh, pouring my, my money and resources downtown? <laughs> well, I, I think it's no, right? I, I can tell you this, uh, that I talked with Marcus, Marcus Lamonis, right? Everyone knows him. He has a show on CNBC, right? right. About putting a camp, he owns Camping World. That's how he got his, he's most famous for it, and then he started the show, right? Yeah. But I said, why don't you guys open a Camping World in Catani? Yeah. Um, and he was really receptive. Boom. He, he uh, responded right back to me. Then he had his, he put his land guy on it. And 20 minutes later, they said, no. And, and I said, Why? And two minutes later, they said, why? Um, we don't have enough population, mm-hmm. and we don't have enough wealthy people. Yeah. Or, or, excuse me, we have wealthy people. We don't have enough middle class. Okay. Um, and I always said, hey, to get more middle class, we need a, a better place. Like uh, Whole Foods could vibrate in the town. But yeah. for right now, to do something in the camping world style, uh, right? right? But I think that there's a lot of business people, this is my take, because I've been somewhat close to it, is we still don't have enough middle class, and I know that we desperately want to, to raise people out of poverty here. Right. But we don't have that base enough to support, you know, a lot of different things right now. Right. And I still think getting the population turned around is a, is a key investment step. Okay. 
So I don't know. Just a, maybe that's conversation <laughs> for a future episode. But um, I think that's enough information for today. Yeah. So just to bring it back, the one question you're supposed to answer: <laughs> How do we how do we make our downtown more vibrant? And uh, if you want to comment on any of the other things that we talked about, go ahead and put it down there, yeah. and we will uh, be happy to discuss it. The tipping points, the Andrew. Episode. We need to find the tipping point. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I bet once you become Saranac, New York, or you become Lanesboro, Minnesota, uh, then all of a sudden those bigger companies start to look at you more seriously and say, well, uh, maybe this place doesn't have the population now, but they're certainly going in the right direction. Yeah, a, a lot of these towns have 50 or 60 independent shops. That happened because... Through dominoes, right? Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. And uh, that's what needs to happen here. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's been super interesting. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this as well. Uh, we'll be back uh, next Friday morning as well. So uh, be sure to watch out for the future episodes of the Greatest Seed in the World podcast. We have uh, five, six more lists to go through. Yeah, so. Five more lists. And hopefully we're learning because I think I feel that we're learning every week. Yeah, we're, we're definitely we're definitely learning. And um, and like I said, at the end of this thing, we'll do, we'll do maybe more than one wrap-up episode where we kind of uh, lay out a more detailed plan of yeah and we, we have takeaways so we're going to put together i think next steps yeah with the data that we've got yeah well i'm pumped for it hopefully <laughs> you guys are too uh we will see you in the next one thank you